Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking In, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. Hi, I'm Robert Sex Reese, host of the Dr. Sex Reese Show. And every episode, I listen to people talk about their sex and intimacy issues. And yes, I despise every minute of it. I yeah. mean, she, she made mistakes too. Right? That's I mean, true. She, she did she, kill everyone at her wedding. But hell is real, we're all trapped here, and there's nothing any of us can do about it. So join me, won't you? Listen to the Dr. Sex Reese Show every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jessica Simpson opened up about why she decided to stop drinking. Lily Collins says there will be more diversity in Season 2 of Emily in Paris. And we're speaking with BuzzFeed contributor Tatiana King about Gen Z's relationship with sex. It's November 2nd, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shiloh Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So, Casey, I don't know, how are you feeling about this news that Kristen Stewart is engaged? I'm happy for her. I feel like she's elusive. You know? Yes. <laughs> she, no, that's about it. You know? <laughs> She's just like under the gay radar, clearly extremely gay, has said she is gay, but just still under the radar in terms of dating. Like every now and then she, you know, I feel like she was seen with someone and now mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Get married. Find was, your bliss and happiness. I was reading about it. So she's engaged to Dylan Meyer and I read that they've been together for two years and I was like, since when? <laughs> I know, again, it's these secret relationships that I love that you're able to keep secret even as a, a celebrity. You know what? But good for her. I read that she wants both caviar and 7-Eleven food at her wedding, which I'm not sure what that is, but I just... Oh, well, I feel like a lot of stomachs are going to be hurting yes, overall, but, but each their own. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right. So to kick things off, after four years of sobriety, Jessica Simpson took to Instagram to reveal why she decided to give up drinking. In the caption of a photo, she posted a, quote, unrecognizable version of herself from November 1st, 2017, and wrote, quote, 
I knew in this very moment I would allow myself to take back my light, show victory over my internal battle of self-respect, and brave this world with piercing clarity. Personally, to do this, I needed to stop drinking alcohol because it kept my mind and heart circling in the same direction, and quite honestly, I was exhausted. She went on to talk about the stigma surrounding the words alcoholism and alcoholics, adding, quote, the real work that needed to be done in my life was to actually accept failure, pain, brokenness, and self-sabotage. The drinking wasn't the issue. I was. I didn't love myself. I didn't respect my own power. Today, I do. I really like that she wrote all of this, and I also like that she's being very clear about, like, I feel like it's very much being like, you can call me a former alcoholic or recovering alcoholic if you want to, but I know that that's not what it is kind of thing, you know? That's like a label that people put on a lot of people and, you know, whether you are or not is okay, but it's more just that she's just like, it sounds like she feels better when she's not drinking and that she had a lot of stuff to work on and she's done that and I love any form of growth. Yeah, you know, when she said the drinking wasn't the issue, I was, I didn't love myself, like, Oof, that is, uh, um, that's a lot. And that's a lot to tackle. Um, and I'm glad that she's in a place where she feels like she does now. All right. Well, moving on, Lily Collins told LUK that the upcoming season of Emily in Paris will be more diverse than the first. She said that both as the star of the show and a producer, quote, hearing people's thoughts, concerns, questions, likes, dislikes, just feelings about it. There were certain things that spoke to the time that we're living in and what's right and moral and correct and should be done. Lily added that she, quote, really wanted diversity and inclusion in front of and behind the camera. You know, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I mean, first of all, like good on her for acknowledging that there was a problem and that she's taking actionable steps to actually make change. But one, I'm like, okay, but how did you not realize this in the first place? Wait, wait, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna be like, okay, bare minimum much. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, the fact that if no one had made a fuss about it, nothing probably would have been done at all. Um, and again, like as a producer, as someone living in 2021, someone who's younger too. Right. Like, how do you not recognize this immediately? And then I'm also like, okay, yes, you're promising more diversity in front of the camera and behind the camera. But what are those roles going to be? Are they going to be, you know, small, minor roles where people have like two to three lines, which was what it was before? Right. Or are they going to be bottom level behind the camera where it takes too long to get up top because right. are those bigger roles are already filled? Also, you know, I already knew this was going to be a problem when this show came out. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Darren Starr is the creator, executive producer, and he also co-created Sex in the City, which is a, a very white show. Yes. Um, but you know what? <laughs> All that being said, I am going to watch season two, even though I know I probably shouldn't. Oh, and Shiva. I'm going to, I know I can't help it, <laughs> but I'm going to keep an eye out for this. And I want to know if she actually follows through on this sort of promise. You won't watch Rent, but you <laughs> watch Emily Bears, just so everyone knows. I found out earlier today that Shyla hasn't and won't see Rent because it's too sad. I told her there's happier moments in it, too. A okay, conversation like for another day, but something to keep in mind, Shyla. Okay, listen, listen. If Emily in Paris ever murders someone or kills someone off or someone dies, I promise you I will stop watching it. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So moving on, it feels like every few months there's a new article or think piece about why Gen Z is having less sex than previous generations. While the numbers don't lie, it often feels like the conversation is reduced to simply they're just on the Internet too much. So today we're talking to BuzzFeed contributor and sex therapy graduate student Tatiana King about Gen Z and their evolving sexual politics. Hi, Tatiana. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, we're excited for this conversation. So, you know, it makes sense that attitudes towards sex naturally evolve. And right now, a lot of the narrative about Gen Z is that young people are having less sex than previous generations. As far as you know, is there a common understanding as to why this trend is happening? Yeah, there are actually a few reasons why younger generations aren't having as much sex. Part of it is that adulthood, when we're getting into that stage, it's been delayed for our generations because when you think about sex, it's not just the behavior, but it's also about dating, moving out of your parents' house, cohabitating with a partner, getting married. And a lot of those situations are being delayed in our generations. So that's part of the reason why many of us aren't having as much sex as past generations. And another reason is because of advancement in technology and what we have access to. There are dating apps and easier ways to access porn. So a lot of times it's a bit more convenient to be at the comfort of your own house and look for other people that way and sexting your phone as opposed to actually meeting up with people face to face. And then again, with the access to porn, more people they're seeking that out now and more people are actually staying at home and masturbating as opposed to having partner in sex. So that's another reason as well. So considering that Gen Z is, I mean, by far the most progressive generation when it comes to sexual and gender politics, it almost feels counterintuitive that they're having less sex. Or do you not think that these things have much to do with each other? So I feel like it's a bit of a myth that sex positivity equals going out and having as much sex as possible. I think when it comes to sex positivity, we have to think of it more so of a mindset as opposed to examining behavioral patterns. So instead of thinking, okay, well, yeah, we are more sexually liberated and we have more information. So naturally we're going to have as much sex as we want with whoever we want, whatever, which I mean, that's okay too, but Um, It's more so that people are feeling more confident in themselves and maybe not settling for bad sex, or maybe they're not feeling as much pressure to have sex that they don't want to have. And they're starting to look at the overall definition of human sexuality, not as just an act, but about puberty, about the way our bodies work, about the way we love one another how different attachment styles relate to the way we interact and have conflict resolution within sex and how we advocate for our pleasure. So there's a lot more that goes into it. Oh, I love everything you're saying. Okay, so (laughs) bouncing off of what you just said, a recent piece in BuzzFeed News places a lot of the, quote, blame on the sex positivity movement. A 23-year-old grad student and sex researcher said, quote, it's seen as potentially shallow, a repackaging of the patriarchy, and not in the best interests of women, especially young women, because people associate it with casual heterosexual sex, dominant submissive play, and being sexually active online. How would you differentiate between healthy sex positivity and sex as it has to do with this repackaging of the patriarchy? I'd differentiate it by recognizing that there's a thing called performative sex versus pleasure-based sex. So when it comes to performative sex, some things that fall under that category is feeling pressure to look a certain way, to look how you might see on porn or on Netflix movies or scenes instead of actually 
focusing on sensations and how your body responds to things. And then there's pleasure-based sex where you're not necessarily having an end goal. You're just there to enjoy the time that you have with your partner and exploring what works for you. So I don't think it's necessarily that sex positivity is repackaging patriarchy, but there is a certain amount of pressure to perform or be a different version of yourself in bed. And, you know, it should be different. Like you should be showing up as yourself and not necessarily trying to have a particular end goal. Excellent points. All right. We'll be right back after the break with Tatiana King. SheFit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. After 30 years, it's time to return to the halls of West Beverly High and hang out at the Peach Pit. On the podcast 9021OMG, join Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling for a rewatch of the hit series Beverly Hills 90210 from the very beginning. We get to tell the fans all of the behind-the-scenes stories that actually happen. So they know what happened on camera, obviously, but we can tell them all the good stuff that happened off camera. Get all the juicy details of every episode that you've been wondering about for decades as 90210 90210 super fan and radio host Sissony sits in with Jenny and Tori to reminisce, reflect, and relive each moment from Brandon and Kelly's first kiss to shouting, Donna Martin graduates. You have an amazing memory. You remember everything about the entire 10 years that we filmed that show. And you remember absolutely nothing of the 10 years that we filmed that show. <laughs> Listen to 9021 OMG on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For my small bookstore to thrive, I can't just sell books. So I created a radio ad at iHeartAdBuilder.com to tell everyone about our author events, our story hours for kids, and our amazing lattes. Now we're busier than ever. I'd call that a success story. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed contributor and sex therapy grad student Tatiana King about the sexual attitudes of Gen Z. Now, I mean, I think back to my days in high school, like sex ed classes, and as far as my memory serves, all I learned was like abstinence is the only way to not get an STD or get pregnant with very little in the way of constructive sexual education. Like that was mostly it. So as someone who's studying sex therapy, do you get the sense that our sex ed system in the U.S. has gotten any better? Our sex education in the United States, we're making a little bit of progress, but it's not, <laughs> it's not really where it needs to be, in my opinion, because there are, there are 30 states that mandate sex education, but even within that, you get very sex-negative messages. It's basically them just showing you these horrific pictures of sexually transmitted infections and telling you, not to have sex or you'll get pregnant and die like that mean girl scene. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. 
even the sex education that I had, I mean, granted, I was at, I was at a Christian school at the time. So I, I wasn't expecting like a dick sucking one-on-one class or anything like that. But <laughs> like, it was just, I mean, they taught us about modesty and purity and we really didn't go into much of how sex works at all, not even from a practical standpoint. So I think that sex education in the United States definitely needs some work. So, you know, of course, not every member of Gen Z is having less sex. TikTok user at Eve Calling recently posted a video that went viral, like 30 million views and 76,000 comments viral about why you should have sex on the first date. According to Eve, it's, quote, because it could help you determine if that person is sexually compatible with you. Of course, she also said that there's no right way to date and that you have to do what is best for you. So what's your opinion on her advice? And is that advice you've been noticing in Gen Z compared to earlier generations who would absolutely gasp at the idea of having sex on the first date? I think her advice isn't that bad, but I'd probably (laughs) tweak it. (laughs) I'd tweak it a little bit and say that if you don't necessarily want to have sex in the first date, cool. But I think it's a good idea to at least talk about it, generally speaking, ask people what they're interested in, ask people about their kinks, and maybe you can get a bit of a roadmap of how they're like in bed. So I definitely want people to wait to have sex for when they're actually comfortable because I I feel like if you're not comfortable, it's just going to translate into an awkward situation. But at the same time, don't rush into it and don't necessarily have this three-date rule or 90-date rule or whatever You know, if you're totally ready to have sex in the first date, go for it. But if you're not, I think talking about it would be a good idea. And I have noticed that advice actually a lot. People were saying, yeah, you definitely got to have sex in the first date because you don't know what you're going to get yourself into. And I don't necessarily think that having it on the first date or the third date or the 10th date is going to make too much of a difference. But as long as you're actually having that conversation outside of the bedroom, I think it'll help for when you finally get into the bedroom. I think that's very good advice. So I'm wondering one last thing for Gen Z or really any other generation who's maybe looking for more sex education. What would you suggest for them? I suggest starting with platforms like TikTok and Instagram. There are a lot of people out there who are giving a lot of cool information like One person I'm thinking of at the top of my head, her name is Shannon Budrum. She's a sexologist and she is making amazing content on YouTube and Instagram about human sexuality as a whole. We've had her on the show. (laughs) Oh my gosh, awesome. Okay, I love her so much. So, you know, if y'all want to have us on the show together at some point, I would really guess. (laughs) I'd appreciate that. But yeah, I'd start with platforms and maybe look at the hashtag sex positivity, sex education, or something of that sort to find people who are really doing the work and giving this kind of information to people. Because you could search it up on Google, but uh, (laughs) I mean, the bad thing about that is people can just go out and post and publish anything. So at least get information from people who you trust and maybe even do a bit of a background check, maybe see what their credentials are as well. But um, that's one thing that I would do to start. Well, Tatiana, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been great. Thank you. All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, apparently Rent does have some fun parts if you want to watch it. 
Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed coming to you daily. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. I'm John Gonzalez, the host of SI's new podcast, Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered some of the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. And now that continues on our show. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week, I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 